Good morning, everyone. We are talking about the purchaser journey. And before we do, very, very important. I've just found this. I love a very expensive espresso machine. And this is challenges the very expressive, very expensive machine. Well, Caramel. It's unbelievable. Well, our culture just loves coffee. If it's almost probably in 50 years, people are going to be like, what are Aussies good at? And it'd be like, coffee, being a barista. I know in um, France, Italy, they hire Australian baristas and they promote it. Just like we promote like Italian cook, cooking and yes. Italian cuisine, like an authentic Italian chef. They're overseas saying an Australian barista. Real which- thing. Real, I can verify that when we were in America in the old New York. Uh, yeah, these Aussies smashed it. Yeah. But, um, very important, a very simple, if you want a very simple coffee, that Makona caramel is unbelievable. Back into our show, over to you. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Morning Minutes, episode 453, the purchaser's journey when buying a property from start to finish, the do's, the don'ts. And I think the biggest starting point, I reckon, Mark, I would, if I had to guess, if there was a study out there that said, from when a, from the time a buyer exchanges on the property, how long prior have they been thinking about it? How long has it been swirling around in their brain? I would guess minimum one year. It would be my yeah, guess. Yeah, I was thinking two, one, one two, or two. Yeah. If not more. Yeah. yeah. And that's just not just I've got the deposit. I reckon even if they've got the deposit, from when they actually take the plunge, it's minimum one year. So... Yeah, and and I, I think once you've once you've got that hunger, like you, people think about it, talk about it, and then they genuinely get this hunger and think shit's getting real. I can actually do this, um, especially with the government incentives that are out there. They're going okay, so my stamp duty is paid, great. Five percent deposit, great. Actually, five percent deposit is how much and what I like. Shit, actually, this is getting yes, I could do this. I can do this. So. 700 grand, 35 grand, I've got 20. I just need to save 15. The journey started. I reckon a lot of it's social proof. Someone's been thinking about it for two years or a year and then their friend buys and they're oh, how'd you do that? And then they talk them through the process and that sort of gets them on the starting ledge. I find it's a lot of the unknown. It's like anything. Like how often do people go, I want to start dancing or I want to start fighting or playing football. You think about it for so long. And if you don't know anyone, like no one likes being the new kid at school or the new kid in the team, like everyone hates it. So we're very social creatures. We all want a buddy. We want a buddy to go to the new sport with. We want a friend who's buying so we can relate, we can learn and we don't like looking stupid. So you want to almost have that pre-discussion of the rules of the game before you go to the first training session and look, in front of coaches. The same thing I believe people do when they're looking to buy a property. They almost want to ask the dumb questions, not that there are any, everyone's got their own questions and um, knowledge. They almost want to have it with a friend before they maybe call us and be like, where That's do I start? Point. I love it when buyers call me and say, it's my first property. It's not like they're, they're not thinking, some people don't say that because they think they're going to get screwed or we're going to not take them for granted. But I actually say to people, thank yeah. you. Okay, let me, now I know where to start. That's a good point. When you, when you want to start something, you often go to another starter to find out. 
Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I know on that purchaser journey, rather than going to a pro and saying, step me through this, you go to someone at your level or acumen or whatever it is on your on your journey and you sort of ask each other the silly questions and try to muddle through it. On one hand, it's like you understand because you, but on the other hand, you're like, why would you ask, if you just, if you don't know, why would you ask someone else who doesn't know, shouldn't you go straight to a pro? But you're intimidated. So you almost want to, if you're at level zero, you want to find the person at level 0 0.05 who's asked all the stupid questions and then you could work your way through it. So hopefully this, this video, this episode can sort of give you the push start. So the journey started in the blood, want to do it, getting the deposit together, doing, going, muddling through all those questions. And you know what? The reality is there's probably hundreds and thousands of questions that are, that are first home buyer doesn't realize they ask and get answered in that journey. It's a big journey. It's a big journey. It's huge. Every topic has 50 questions. When you talk about strata, what is strata? What are the pros and cons? What to like, there's set of questions of what something is like just the description of it. And then there's, then there's like another roadmap of what's a good strata. What's a shit strata, what to look for. Like there is, there's so many paths to go down. So it can be very, very overwhelming. Like, yeah. So I, what do you reckon the first step is? Let's say you've got money in the bank. You think you've got enough because you don't know you've just saved money, head down, bum up for two years, five years, well, 11 years is average. We did it on one of our shows. So 11 years you've been saving where, what would you do first, Mark? Broker, value up. 11 years saving. Sorry. Did you say 11 years saving? Yeah, the average time frame to save a 20% deposit is 11 years. Cool. Yeah. So these, so these guys, so that's, that's uh, and that's why the government introduced the incentive of getting a 5% deposit so they can get you in earlier. Um, yes. I think the first, I think the first thing as a buyer is, is you actually go to an open house. I think that's exciting. You start, well, probably the first thing is you go on realestate.com.au, agents, websites, domain.com.au and have a look around at the prices. That's probably the first thing one does. Yeah, I think try and pinpoint, I think the first question you got to ask yourself, investment or to live in? And then if you know live in, then it's simply where would you like to live? And really try and narrow it to a region and then maybe a suburb or two. Otherwise you get really, really lost. Like there are- And Michael, I think another one is you, you want to go to an area because the, the, there's so many questions that you've got. There's so many answers that you seek. I think if you can stay in an area that you know, that's a huge advantage. That's a lot. Like if you know where the local shops are, school is, prices, rentals, and buying under your nose, I think is a really, really good thing in one's journey. Even if you are not confident that you're actually going to end up buying in that suburb, just look at one suburb. Come a bit of an expert and then remember the processes you went down. Um, how you compared houses to houses, how you compared units to units, what you looked for in that suburb, where the shops are, where the schools, the growth, the vacancy, like just focus on one suburb you think you're going to buy in. Then once you've sort of come to a conclusion or a decent education on that suburb, then you can be like, okay, let me copy what I did there. Let me copy the questions I asked, the answers I got, and now I'll look at, another region and I'll pick another suburb. I, where I find if you're comparing house for house in different regions, it's just, 
It's very, very difficult. It's just like, um, Mark, if you're doing a, an apprenticeship, you don't do plumbing, carpentry, roofing all in the same week. You do no. one, you do the other. Like, just focus on one. And I really um, recommend that when you're looking to buy. Focus on one area. Focus on even one type of property. Houses. As we know, houses can vary, especially if you've got a juicy oh. price range. Like, if if you can buy a knockdown house and you can buy a renovated house, like, your, your budget's quite broad, then you're going to have enough on your plate just looking at houses, houses, granny flat, corner blocks. So I think try and make stuff as simple as you can. Now, what about Mark? Okay, so you've done your research, realestate.com. You've focused in on what you think you want. You may have gone to a few open homes. You open haven't home. really talked to any agents yet, but what's next? I think when when you go to those open homes, I think it's nice. I, I personally would start an email address off for real estate. Um, so I'd start like a Google email address, um, you know, called Mark Novak. Um, buying property yeah at gmail i wouldn't say buying property because agents yeah, probably know but probably mark novak you know 80 or whatever so, you know something uh at gmail and that i specifically would use for my property hunting because you are you will go out to potentially 30 40 50 agencies um and probably over 100 agents they're all going to put you on their on their emailing list when you purchase something you just burn that account I really like that idea. Create an account just for properties. That way it doesn't mix up with your business, your personal. And yeah. when you've got that 30 minutes of the day or whatever it is to look at properties, it's bang. like bang, 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 bang. And yeah. even maybe if you're looking at two regions, do two, one for each region. That way you can be like, right, what's Blacktown? What's this? I, I reckon that's genius because a lot of people are hesitant to give an email address or a real one because they don't want it to flood their work email. So create a new one. Yep. I, I really like that idea. And, it, and it's all on there. So you go to these open homes, you're cruising through. I think being honest with an agent is very hard to do when you're uh, green. I think um, I had a really good client that went to America and, um, and I said, well-educated man, 65 years of age, uh, got plenty. And I said, what did you learn? And he said, Mark, getting stupid, acting stupid got me a long, long, long way in America. I said, what do you mean? Because he was in an RV. Hmm. He goes, mate, the amount of, I would get out, be, you know, think I knew it all and ask for directions and people would send me in the wrong, in the wrong directions. He said, I would go out. I would be lovely to people. I'd pay a little bit stupid, a little bit vulnerable. And people genuinely really want to help you. They just do. So I, I think- I think it's huge. You know what I mean? So I think when you go into these open houses, I think just a hand on your heart conversation with the agent, you're finding it really hard. You're sort of ready to go. You're living out of the area in the area or what you do have that sort of rapport building with all your agents. Don't be gun shy and think, because I can see the thinking of, of someone just starting to buy, whether you're an investor or a first home buyer, I think you, you want to, sort of come across as a pro in case you like it you don't want to be taken advantage of but i think it's quite the opposite i think if you sort of go in with that sort of open mind and that sort of i need help attitude and a little bit that slightly you know a bit vulnerable uh, uh i called it dumb before but you know with the um the guy in america but i think that's really important and that will really really help help you in your, in your purchaser journey get helped and you know what as well our industry it's so on the up and up 
I know that like, people are f- afraid to get sort of taken advantage of, but not that you can't, but it's can't re- like, it's not like going to a mechanic and it's a $2 part and they charge you two grand and you just got no idea with property. Mm-hmm. If, you've done, sure. if you love the property, it really does not matter. If you think you paid five or 10 grand, you're going to have it forever. You're going to care more about not buying that property. So call it the agent doing his job, call it the agent taking advantage of you. You've secured the property, hold on to it. You'll do well. Yes. Maybe you get a shorter settlement than a longer settlement, but if your finance is approved, does like it's, you know what I mean? Like where are you really going to get taken advantage of? You maybe pay a little bit too much, but if you've done your education, you're going to know going, yeah, fair enough. The owner wants a little bit too much, but I love the property. I'm going to pay for it. Like, so if you do that's probably your biggest vulnerability paying paying too much and and i think with time that's not even a vulnerability when you own a property for a long time like you said you know it, it's neither here nor there but you know what buyers forget that they are more they are more in line with pricing than the real estate agents because the real estate agents will go and value a house they'll go and value a studio apartment they'll go and value a two-bedroom apartment they're across all price ranges and all types of property. A buyer is hypersensitive to that price range in that area. They are seeing what every agent has in that area, in, in that price range. They You become a real pro real fast with, with, with deciding what's a good buy and what's not a good buy. So I really don't think you can make much error there either. Yeah, exactly. And you know what, Mark? Like, all right, let's say the contract if you've got the funds, the contract never comes up. You know what I mean? Like how many times you get a lawyer go through a sale contract and it just, it's just no like, good. you know what I mean? The finance is approved. There's no tenant there. What's the big deal? Just it's settled and it's done. Like, yeah, I'm sure some, like, it's one of those things. It's like, you don't need car insurance until you do. And I get that with. So, so that's the contract that a buyer signs when, yes. when, a, when they agree on a, on a price and a property, they'll sign a contract. But what lawyer in their right mind is going to put a, a contract together that that's not that's going to lose a buyer? Yeah, you know, you, you know. So in in on balance, you know, yes, you get the, your lawyer's going to check it, but on balance, it's I've, I've never seen a, a deal lost over. That's a that's an in, you can't purchase a property on that contract. It's yeah. yeah. So that's very rare. I've only ever seen it once on a new development. The developer went a bit harsh. We got a lot of pushback, but then they changed it real quick because everyone had the same thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like they they want it to be good and fair for all. So, okay. A little bit back to the journey with that. And then I think the next step would be ask one of the agents a recommendation for a broker. I think it's better to go to the open homes first, meet agents, and then ask them who they recommend for a broker, who they recommend for a solicitor, and then go there um, pretty quick. Join the dots because if two or three different agents are saying are saying this is the same person, I think that's a pretty strong referral. Yes, you know, for a lawyer or for a broker, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and then. Yeah, then you're meeting with solicitor. The value will be organized by the bank, so there's not much to do there. You will have to, your solicitor will have to help arrange a strata report uh, and a building and pest. So same again, ask the agents who they recommend for the building and pests. I think where buyers sometimes make the mistake, not sometimes, nearly all the time, make the mistake. They're like, my friend's a builder, I'll get him to do it, or my friend's a lawyer, I'll get 
a, law, a criminal lawyer, I'll get him to do my property conveyancing. I really recommend keep your friends separate especially if they're not specialized in what you're about to do. There are lawyers out there who just do property law. There are builders out there who just do building inspections for this. And they're going to, one, your friend's going to not say no to you because they're nice, but they're not really, they, they may not really want to do it because they've got other jobs on. So it's just not good. A criminal yeah. law, property law is like getting a maths teacher to do English. Yep. Yep. So, and also, um, it's a good point. I think there's if if you are doing a deal with an agent and you are using the lawyer or the broker that they've recommended, and I th I think when they're talking to their client, the person that they're selling for, I think there's a little bit more familiarity and confidence in the transaction um, because they've got because they've made that referral, so they know it's being handled well. Um, I think that's important. Yeah, um, I think that's a wrap. Yeah, we spoke a bit there. <laughs> we did. Yeah, 17 minutes. All righty. Good to have you back, Mark. And we'll be Thanks, with James tomorrow morning. We'll see everyone then. Take care. All right, man. Cheers. Bye. Bye.